Uh, so, how have you been holding up in the three-week vacuum of nothing new to see because of Avengers? Honestly, like, lots of, of Netflix binging that I've been needing to catch up on, you know. I was catching up on Atlanta last night. I, I finally finished season four of BoJack Horseman. Um, you know, just your your average, you know, nothing to do. No, no new media to to intake. Nothing to really talk about, you know, because we're all just sort of still waiting for people, yeah, who are the last little stragglers to see the movie. Uh, yeah, like as we're recording this, Deadpool two comes out in a week. So yeah, so it's the drought's about to be over. Yeah, there will be two big movies to see. Exactly, <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later, we get Solo. No, that very next week. Yeah, yeah. Early reactions for that are in. Oh yeah, uh, what are, what what do they say? They're not as enthusiastic as I want them to be. No, <laughs> the only way for me to get behind Solo is people would be like, "This is a, it's a great movie. It's the best Star Wars." Ah, but the reactions are like, "It's fine." Yikes! <laughs> and I've been pretty on the record of this. Solo cannot be just fine because it's so expensive. Right. If it's just okay, it's not going to make. They the, put a lot into yeah. that movie, a lot like of like unless it does unless it does bonkers business overseas. I don't. My doubts are growing now. Like it's it's tracking really well to open, but if it's just fine, that means you're not going to get a lot of repeat viewings. But true, we got to wait till that cinema score comes out to see what people really think about yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's the real number. That's the one we want. Yes, yeah, because uh, I I don't I don't care. Yeah. You you still you still don't care. <laughs> the Last Jedi made me not care. Yeah. I, the Star Wars movies, I'll see them. I don't care. Yeah. I think if you're if you're someone who you get real invested in a Star Wars movie, I'm sorry for you. Yeah. The ori- the original three were good. The original three were great. Very and, great all time classics. Yeah. And then then the prequels were 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 shit. Uh. And then now now we're just sort of getting. Who knows? I don't. I mean, what JJ made was he made manufactured Star Wars. He did. He synthesized Star Wars in a lab. Yeah. And then he Tony Starked the fuck out of Star Wars. Yeah. And then uh, Ryan Johnson comes in and he tries to make his own movie, but he still has to backtrack. Yeah. Like he says, the Jedi are dead. Forget the past. But at the end, is like, well, nope, the Jedi are alive. Raise this. Raise the Jedi now. Yep. So it's like, commit, man. Right. Make a if you're gonna ruin somebody's plans, like at least give them somewhere to go. Give give them a new one. (laughs) Yeah, and then just and then this Rogue One. I hate Rogue One. Really? More? I hate Rogue One. You loved Rogue One originally. No, I liked Rogue One, but just it's so bad. Yeah. Like the whole be- up until that last act, it's so bad, and they tricked people. They tricked us into thinking it was good by having the last act be, be fairly really, well put yeah. together. It's a bad movie, though. But that's, I'm not that I, battle, Samuel. The the space battle, the dog fight. Darth, Darth Vader turned on his red lightsaber. Wow! Did you see it? <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. Uh, it was it just. I enjoyed it. I it's a movie that I watch more than I've seen more than once. I'm not a Star Wars hater. Like I'm not one of people who says Star Wars no. is dead to me. Star Wars isn't dead to me. Star Wars just exists to me. You're more like an agnostic when it when it comes to <laughs> Star Wars. 
You're just yeah. like I don't I don't really pay attention or prescribe to to Star Wars, but it's but like, when I go home and my dad wants to watch it with me, I watch it. <laughs> yeah, and like for for this, I will watch it. I will be watching Solo opening weekend. I imagine it'll be the last podcast you and I do before I go off the grid for the summer. Because he he works at a summer camp, ladies and gentlemen. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you knew, but. We feel the need to tell you. He he works in the summer. I'll be putting stuff out periodically throughout the summer, but like the last on the last culture vacuum podcast will be, uh, this will be the solo review probably, and then after that, two months later we'll come back full force. Looking at those reactions, you had major. You I had one guy who's like the Star Wars fan who did not care for it. One okay. guy who was like, it's not the greatest movie ever, but it sure is entertaining. And then one guy who was in the middle. I, mm. I did not see anyone coming out of Solo saying they adored it and loved it and just a thrill ride end to end. Ugh. Well, we'll see next week. Yeah, I think the, the, the full reviews will come out on the 15th, so a few days after this drops for people. Yep. But Deadpool's coming out, and I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm just like, so happy for Deadpool. I just want to watch yeah. Deadpool and let it ha- watch the jokes. Do you think you think it's going to be better than the first? It's again, it's like comparing comedies. Does it make me laugh more than the first one did? Right. Like uh, twenty one and twenty two Jump Street are probably equal movies in my eye. Probably they're both yeah. extremely funny I'm and just, well made. I'm under the impression that a sequel can really never be better than the first. Except in yeah. the in the sense of like franchise movies, like I feel like Avengers and stuff like that. Like you can have sequels be better than the first ones for the most part. When it comes to things like this, I don't I don't know. We'll see. Hey, I, this this could just be we'll see the podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what this episode will be. Uh, Deadpool we'll, we'll solo. We'll see. We'll see. I'm certainly excited more for Deadpool than Solo, but yeah. We're we're gonna talk about this show on a future episode, maybe the next one. But uh, I've I've watched Dear White People season two. Mm-hmm. Great season, everyone should watch it. But I posted okay. on my Facebook basically saying, "Oh man, Dear White People is uh, entertaining and well made as the first season. You should watch it." And this guy I know, um, I knew he was a Trump supporter, which fine I guess. But he just posted, "You're an idiot." <laughs> so I replied. You should save your thoughts for Stormfront because I'm assuming you've never watched the show. Yeah. Like, you can, if you judge Dear White People on the marketing, the marketing for Dear White People is terrible because it does portray the, the white genocide narrative that the Stormfronts and the 4chans of the world are so afraid of. But if you watch the actual show Dear White People, it is very much not that. And I, I do put the blame on Netflix for marketing it so poorly, but the actual show, if you watch it, it is not at all black power, whatever your white male fan, your white male nightmare is. It's not that show right. at all. It's not white guilt, the show. Like, there's some white guilt in it, certainly. Definitely. But it is not, man, fuck white people. There are characters in the show who are like, man, fuck white people. Right. But there are other characters who are like, not nah, that. nah, d- don't <laughs> fuck the white people. Ma- maybe, yeah. how about like, we the, the... fuck them instead? Yes, one of them does. One of them, in fact, one of the does. characters. One of the characters says, fuck white people, and also fucks, fucks a white, white people. people. Fucks yeah. and white person. Yeah, like, 
the whole point of Dear White People is it's a show about movements and social movements are not monoliths. Right. They are layered and conflicted within themselves. Right. They they it, contra they contradict themselves. And I think it does a better job of portraying that message than something like Selma did. Yeah. But that's the thing is, like, everything is going to, like, any sort of idea or non-physical concept is going to contradict itself. But mm-hmm. it, it comes down to finding the ideas that contradict themselves the least, you know? And I, th- I, th- I think the show is, like, you know, a good lens for that. Yeah, it's probably my favorite Netflix show that isn't called BoJack Horseman. Yeah. When I really think about it. Yeah, BoJack is I was I was thinking about that the other day too. I was like, wow, I think BoJack Horseman is my favorite Netflix show. Yeah. Like, like I love like I love Str- I love Stranger Things. I love Peaky Blinders, you know, mm-hmm. but BoJack's the one that I like watch the most, I would say. Yeah, Peaky isn't really a Netflix show. It's a right. BBC show right. that they license, but yeah, like House of Cards when that first came out, those first two seasons were really solid. But then it just, mm-hmm. uh, I'm uh, this last season. I'm glad they're finally just going full Claire Underwood by necessity. Yeah, but yeah, BoJack's just every season is great. Yeah, it is. I uh, the the last season I, I just finished. Like I said, I just finished watching season four. Like that, those last three episodes. Just the the direction they took it in was so satisfying. Like just getting yeah. to see his mother. I mean, like spoilers for BoJack Horseman season four, I guess. Um, but like seeing his mother's like childhood and everything like that, and and just in the way that they presented it was beautiful. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's such. It's just such a good show. It's really well done. The animator is doing a new show. Uh, about birds i can't i can't remember what it's called but my my roommate was telling me about it she's doing um tweet jack birdman tweet jack birdman yeah something like that but it's it's essentially it's like animal people still you know Mm -hmm. but it's like birds instead of a horse huh yeah looking so we'll see (laughs) uh what else is good oh barry on HBO. I haven't seen it yet, show. but it's good. It's great. Okay. Like as an actor, you will love it, but yeah. it's also just like in like they just had their penultimate episode okay. and it goes off the rails in a good way in in this in this most recent episode and they're going to have to pay it off. Cuz HBO they only did 8 episodes for their two flagship comedies this for this part of the year. Okay. Cuz Silicon Valley is also eight yeah and like that show is also just really solid but yeah like i was exp- i would i don't know what i was expecting from barry but it's just it's funny like there's some great jokes in it like it's about an assassin so obviously someone gets killed right and there's just there's just one line where like the cops they they find a camera and they decrypt the camera and they see the guy who killed the friend but the image is so blurry they can't tell who it is but they still bring that image to the friends of the guy who got killed and it's that it's an acting class and then they're like oh so if you see anyone who looks like this uh, be sure to let us know the cops walk out and the acting teacher just says okay so if you guys see anyone with no discerning characteristics that who that's who killed your friend <laughs> it's like really sharp futurama-esque dialogue okay. in the middle of a very heavy show i can get into that 
that that sounds it's, interesting. It's worth the it's worth the binge. Yeah, it ends this Sunday, so okay. you can binge. binge they it this they did this they did this really interesting like ad campaign for it here in New York, where mm-hmm. on on subway cars. So in 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 a New York subway car, a standard New York subway car, there are advertisements both on the walls, on the ceilings, and whatever. Sometimes, yeah, it, it gets ridiculous sometimes. But one of them was on the wall as a little poster, and it was for the, uh, the acting coach in the, in the show. And they had, like, mm-hmm. a link to the website and everything, but it was, like, a, it was like a fake ad, you know? And mm-hmm. so it had, like, had his picture on there and everything, and it was like, you want to you learn how to act better? <laughs> and it, like, had, like, a number. Yeah, it was it was really interesting, but I I saw that and I was like, okay, this show could be good, but I just yeah. hadn't heard anything about it or watched any of it. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of things. Like it's it's the exploration of Barry, who's like this guy who just he he wants a normal life. Like he has these fantasies okay. of his perfect life, and it's just like he's doing boring things like shopping with his wife, or he's telling his son not to be a bully in school and that's just what he that's just what he wants mm. but it's also making commentary on actors like they're they're at a party and there's a guy there and he's the most famous person at the party and all he does is he's the stand-in actor for a pinocchio movie and he will be cgi'd over with an actual child actor that's later. hilarious wow. <laughs> and he introduce and he introduces himself with his three name name <laughs> Hi, right, how's like it going? Yeah, I've I've thought about that. Do you think my stage name should be just be Michael Watts or Michael Barrett Watts? Um, I think you should be M Barrett Watts. M Barrett Watts. Yeah, make Michael the M. <gasps> Hello, kitten. <laughs> Cat. I just saw the, the, the screen. We so when we record this, we we Skype so that we can see each other's beautiful faces because we we miss seeing each other's beautiful faces and. Yes. Uh, so the screen on Samuel's and just went black, and I was like, "What just happened?" But then I remembered, he has a cat. My little kitty cat. Little kitty cat. Yeah, she's a she's a little sweetie. Yeah. Do you think Do you think Leia has fantasies like Barry? I don't know what she has. I don't know if she thinks. She. <laughs> she's just. There was a cockroach the other day, and it's Texas, so it was a huge cockroach. Right. Just on my ceiling lamp, and she was on my bed, just staring at it. And she was meowing incessantly, like, what is it? And I looked up, like, ah, because my cat in Atlanta, Duke, yeah. he's, he's Mr. Pest Control. He sees a bug. He's right on it. Yeah. So I, I knock it down off the lamp with a, with a broom. It flies, and she doesn't get it. It's like, uh, damn. She's, she's such a sweetheart, but, you know, and I knew she didn't get Not it. Not a thinker. Because the cockroach, the cockroach later crawled into my bed as I was sleeping. Oh, no. And I had to kick it away. And she still didn't get it. She's just she's not a thinker, Samuel. You know, some of us are some of us are just not meant to be thinkers. Yes. As as the great Will Hodgson has said, not all of us can know things. Uh, you know what I, you know what's really funny, Michael? What? Justice League made less than a hundred million dollars opening weekend. Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's hilarious. Um, you know what's also funny, Samuel? It's their year. But you know do you know what else is extremely funny? What? And I was thinking about this after I saw that Robin Hood trailer, but oh god, somebody thought that it was a good idea to spend two hundred and fifty million dollars on a King Arthur movie. Somebody, somebody <laughs> got given that piece of paper on their desk and said, uh, "Guy Ritchie walked in. And he said, you know what the kids love? 
King Arthur. They love him. Charlie Charlie Heaton. I need $250 million. <laughs> the kids, they love King Arthur. That movie is Will Hodgden's Proud Mary. It is. It really is. He, he... It's the movie only he sees the brilliance of it. It's just a... It's an acquired taste. I watched it. It's not a it's ter- it's not a terrible movie. No. But nobody should have spent 250 million dollars on that movie. Nope. Way too much money was spent. What were you thinking? Just What were why? you thinking? What was going through your brain? What was the what was the last good movie Guy Ritchie made? Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, the Sherlock Holmes Game of Shadows was all right. Yeah. Uh the first Sherlock Holmes was also pretty good. Right. That's about it. That's that's pretty much it. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. We'll see. And this this Robin Hood movie, it looks the same. It does. It's the, I don't know how much they spent on it yet, but it looks like they spent too much on it. Yep. And I don't think it's going to make any money. Yep. It looks like, you know what it reminded me of? You ever, you remember Thief? The video game yeah. Thief? You remember the, the reboot that they did when the, when the console wars were, were just starting? Yeah, it was going to be on both platforms, but it was like the one of the first next gen games. Yeah, I it it looks like that. That's what that's what the new Robin Hood looks like. Yeah, it's like they're just they're ripping off Batman with the whole oh he's the he's the he's the vigilante, but he's also like hey fuck this vigilante. Am I right? It's like Batman Begins did it better. Oh my gosh, it's Dark Ages England Batman, but Robin uh, Hood, but also but Jamie Fox. Arrow, but what? <laughs> But and there's just there's Taron Egerton, and there's gonna be too many slow motion arrow shots because arrow shots because cool. arrows are cool, yo. <laughs> God, did you see Arrow? That was that was like the the funniest. That was the funniest part about it was like just how how they tried so hard in the trailer to make like bow bow and arrows cool, but they really didn't. All they did was just have like really like impressive like arrow shots, and then they just slowed it down. Like none of it, yeah. none of it was cool. Like he didn't like, we didn't see him like grab three arrows and 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 knock them all and and shoot them. You know, like we didn't see that. We just saw him like do a little spin move and boom, hit somebody. And, and again, like, well, that was cool. Hawkeye did it better. Exactly. Hawkeye did it way better. Why? Why know. do you make this movie? The only just satisfying stop. way to experience a bow and arrow, I think, truly satisfying, is shooting one yourself. You ever shot a bow yeah, and arrow, he- Samuel? Yeah, Michael. I I went to a summer camp. Oh yeah, that's right. You work at a, you work at a summer camp. Um, yeah. Well, it's I one too. Of the three things to do. I too also went to a summer camp and shot a bow and arrow. And might I just say it's it's great. Shooting yeah, a bow and fun. arrow is pretty awesome. You get that you get that tricep workout. Oh yeah, yeah. You feel that that string brush up against your your forearm, the inner inner of your forearm. But arrows aren't cool. Arrows, arrows aren't are only cool. cool if you're shooting exactly. arrows. Exactly. Unless you know, it's in your you hand. You know what's cool. Guns. Guns. Guns are cool. Guns are cool. They're so cool. They are. Under it's owning a, sh- a gun is understandable. Like I get it. But it should yeah. be harder for people to own them. It should be harder. But guns are so cool. They are. <laughs> I posted basically like on my Instagram since I since I walk dogs. I just like I want to post my dog photos, but I want to make them semi interesting. So my I like on I like your all- new dog photos. They're great. It's always a hot take. Yeah, they're just negative. They're just negative, like unpopular opinions, and it's great. <laughs> some of them are good opinions. Some of them are good. And but some of them I, are they're... just jokes. Yeah, of course. But they're always about movies. But my my, my, my yes my, my one yesterday was uh, just telling people 
completely serious, do not see Fantastic Beasts because mm. they had plenty of time to not cast Johnny Depp in that movie. Yep. And then J.K. Rowling became one of those women mm-hmm. who stands behind her man no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're so happy to have Johnny in this role. It's like, no one wanted Johnny in any role. We're done with Johnny Depp. Yeah. And also he beat his wife. Johnny Depp is like one of the reasons why I got into acting. And even I am like kind of not. It, he's, he's, he's pretty canceled. He's pretty canceled. So like there's this guy I know. He's what I like to call a problematic. One of my problematic people. He said, I like Harry Potter, so I'm still going to see it. It's like, you have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. This studio, every studio made the right call when their actors went bust. Right. They they recast Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. in the All the Money in the World movie. They canceled all the Louis C.K. But Warner Brothers is like, well, we already signed Johnny to a contract, so I guess we ought to use him. Yeah. Like, the man beat his wife. There is a video of it. He should not get work anymore. He's nope. a piece of shit. And the fact is like, but I liked... It's the same thing as, a pe- as those assholes who are like, well, Bill Cosby's one of the funniest comedians of all time. He's a rapist. All, all of these things that you've said are right. Like when those allegations first came out, one of my grandparents said, they, they were like, well, he could make going to the dentist the funniest thing... Who cares? He raped cool. 50 people. Yeah, I'm sure somebody else could make going to the dentist funnier. That kid who uh, who got his wisdom teeth removed and his dad decided to, to film it. He, he made going to the dentist funny, you know? But you know what he also didn't do? Rape yeah. a bunch of kids. Bill Cosby didn't rape any kids. Roman Polanski raped a kid. The idea of separating an artist from their art sometimes makes sense like with politics right like with the kanye thing with like, opinions I can under- you know mm-hmm. i can understand being like well graduation's probably my favorite album kanye's insane that's one thing right but if kanye rapes someone then i won't let you play that card of course i i can separate an artist's opinions from their art but i can't separate an artist's actions from their art if that makes sense like chris brown you know like, I, I, I like the new Lil Dicky song with Chris Brown. Do I listen to it all the time? Not really, because it's Chris Brown. And he beat up Rihanna, who, who is one of the most amazing women in the world. You know, it's, 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 it's one thing if somebody goes online and is like, I love Donald Trump. And another if somebody beats a person and commits a crime. <laughs> It's just, it's very, it's sad that it's still an argument you have to have with people. When all those, like the, when all the journal, like when the Matt Lauer stuff came out, I didn't care. Nobody watched the Today Show with for Matt Lauer. Right. That's what's funny about that whole thing. Like, he was just always there. Right. And he was able to convince NBC that he was this huge draw and people loved him so much, which is why he got a $20 million salary. No one cared about Matt Lauer. Yeah. We watched the Today Show for Al Roker or his co-hosts. Like, yeah. Meredith Vieira and Katie Couric were the but reason Matt I Lauer watched the Today Show. Matt Lauer was just the guy, you know? Yeah. He, and he also wasn't that great of an interviewer nope. or a journalist. But, he, but since he was the most important part of the Today Show, he got the big interviews. Who gave a shit about Matt Lauer? The right. one that hit me the hardest was Charlie Rose. Yeah, that one was rough. Like, it sucked, because, like, Charlie Rose is a great journalist, is a great interviewer, but he's a shithead who sexually tormented 
dozens of women that he worked with. At least he had something going for him before he became a piece of shit. Exactly. There was nothing about Matt Lauer. No. He was a joke right. who, who turned out to be a piece of shit. Is this, are we just gonna go through all the all the all the? No, we don't have to go through it. But pieces of shit. What? Who's next? Who's next on the list? I don't know. Like we've been like saying, eventually the Quentin Tarantino shoe is going to drop. Yeah. You know it. I won't be surprised when it happens. But until it drops, we can be still be like, oh, excited for that next movie. Excited while clenching our teeth, yeah. hoping it doesn't bite us in the ass. Right. I'm hoping it just. I'm hoping it releases so I can see it, and then then it happens. You know, Tarantino would probably be the hardest hit to me because Pulp Fiction is my favorite movie. That's a basic choice as my favorite movie, but it just is. Right. I love that movie so much. Yeah. But I'd be able to say, well, that sucks. He's a piece of shit. I'm not going to watch Pulp Fiction and support his movies anymore. Right. You ha- we have to be better. We have to be better. So movie pass. <laughs> yeah, movie pass is, is dead. It's dead and not dead. Like It's, it's still dead. a good value. It's still a good value. Right. It's now it's now just a service that lets you see any movie for free. Right. But it's no longer you can see any movie as many times as you want for free. Well, you know what I realized is I could buy a ticket to a movie and like have that ticket stub and everything and then go and see the movie I wanted to anyways. <laughs> yeah, if it's a reserved seating theater, you can't. Which most of the theaters in New York aren't, and most of the time, even if they are, there's always open seats. Yeah, so I live so in Austin. Like, if I go to Alamo Draft House, they make sure you are in the right theater, and your ticket says you're in the right movie. Uh, so I can't play that at Alamo. See, but... AMC Lowe's 86th Street uh, does not. Yeah, and if you go in an, a, a time when there's like off hours, but there are ways to gain Movie Pass. Like I just what I did because I I don't know how their algorithm works, but they require me to take a picture of my ticket stub, but I wanted to see Avengers again, and I did. So I, I hit unlisted Showtime and then just bought a ticket for Avengers. And what I did was I covered the title of the movie with my ticket, with my receipt that they also gave me. And so I figured that, like, maybe they're, the way their OCR tech works, optical character recognition, is they're looking for some kind of keyword that will let them know it's the right thing. And since every theater abbreviates the movie title differently, they probably can't search for that. So maybe they're just searching for the time of day or they're searching for the theater number since not every theater does reserve seating. So if the OCR only sees the theater, it probably won't flag the ticket stub I submit Mm. for review by a person. So I'm just going to start doing that until they cancel my card because my Cinemia card still isn't here yet. And it's frustrating because I'm going to be leaving in six days. Sorry, five days. If it doesn't get here then I'm not going to have it until the end of the summer. Right. Which is which is fine, because they won't start the membership until I activate the card. Mm-hmm. I would like to have it for the summer, because it would make reserving tickets for my time off a little easier. But I can still just go up to the theater during a matinee and get a ticket easily. Yeah. Gotta, gotta find, find the loopholes. Find the... MoviePass is probably going to be gone by the end of the year because they have uh, $15 million left in the bank, mm-hmm. and they use about $20 million a month. Right. Now, I'm only pretty good at math. I'm, you know, I, I'm no math mathematician. But uh, it seems like the money you're using is more than the money you have. Right. So, uh, so what are you going to do? It's Silicon Valley. There's always going to be a VC who's stupid enough to give them money. Of course. Like, uh, Gary Vanderchuk. That guy pours money into all sorts of garbage. Yeah, he does. But he has 
but for but he has like three wins so he can keep pouring more money in yep gary vanderchuk invested in jake paul wow <laughs> movie uh, pass just just hit up gary vanderchuk for some cash and uh, i'm sure he'd be give glad to, to you. help you yeah. yeah i was watching a thing about he he was talking about like school or whatever and this like kid and this mom were like at a, a talk that he was having or whatever and he was like he's like kid where are you gonna go to school and he's like oh some place or whatever and he's like cool so four years right he's like yeah studying what and he goes i don't know and he goes and he goes is mom paying for it all and he goes yeah and he goes sweet take that four-year vacation bro <laughs> is that gary vaynerchuk or jake paul gary J- vaynerchuk okay he goes yeah. take that four. he says take that four-year vacation bro which is essentially which is essentially like yeah fuck it why it's, why not you know, college is a scam yeah. there's no reason i shouldn't be able like there should be a ged equivalent of a college degree of course i should be able to go out and research all the requisite information to get the piece of paper that makes me qualify for a job. But no, I need to play this little game where we pretend it takes me nine it, months it, to you learn You go to calculus. school and, and guy guy up front goes two plus two and somebody in the back goes four and they, they give you give you an award and says you can go take a shit or something. Like K through 12 is necessary because your brain's still developing. But when right. you have a fully adult brain, it does not take you nine months to learn anything. No. Or, well, they divide into semesters. You can learn everything you need to be qualified for a job. Mm-hmm. Like, you can improve your English skills, your math skills. Yep. You can do that in a matter of two to three months. Yeah. Not, And you can do it online at home for yeah. free. Yeah. There's there's no reason that it, you should have to pay $100,000 yep. to take to learn things over the course of nine months for yep. four years. That's stupid. It's this little lie we tell each other. There should be a thing that I can do that that the government has set up where I, I go online and I, I click through and I watch a bunch of videos and I, I answer some questions. I do a couple of tests and then, boom, they give me a thing and it says this man can can have a job. Th- yeah, he can that's do what it. a GED is. Exactly. The GED is you dropped out of high school for whatever reason, fine, but yeah. here is a government thing that – an employer cannot discriminate against mm-hmm. that says that you have a high school education. Exactly. Why do we not have that for college? I do not know because every good job requires at least an associate's degree. Right. Most jobs, a bachelor's. It's dumb. So we all have to play this little game where we pretend that co- like I know college is a social experience, which there is a value to that. Yeah. But it is bullshit that I need to pay you one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to learn something in four years that I could do myself in a year. It's a uh, dance. It is. It's a dance and a lie. It's all a game, man. Bernie it's 2020. all a game. Yeah. You hear about this this, this Jordan Peele? This is my Jay Leno. You guys uh, hear about this new Jordan Peele movie? So you guys hear about the new Jordan Peele movie? Uh, it's, it's called uh, Us. pretty good. Lupita Nyong'o is going to be in it. And, uh, well. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss from Handmaid's Tale and also Winston Duke, who's Mbaku. Plot synopsis it follows a white couple and a black couple. Interesting. And it's described as the next nightmare yeah. from Jordan Peele. That, that's what I found interesting is that he, he wasn't calling it a horror. He was calling it a nightmare. And I'm like, hmm, I kind of like that, you know? I don't care. I'm just excited to see what, what, what Jordan Peele does. Yeah. It's like the next from the mind of Stephen King, you know? He may be the next Tarantino in the sense of he's an incredible writer. Right. Who puts up who puts out these perfectly assembled scripts. Yeah. 
and then is also able to direct them very efficiently just because it's 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 such a singular vision yeah we'll see we'll see guys we'll see uh, open format you man know, you know what else you know what else i wanted to talk about what i ran into uh, like all this stuff with like avengers i i thought you were just gonna say iran and i was like oh god here we go <laughs> all this avengers stuff yeah it's the biggest movie in the world right nerds are no longer the minority no we are we are capitalism yeah People, people who I who I would not have expected to care about this movie, are suddenly caring about this movie. I was FaceTiming uh, with my with my cousin, and his mom was in the background. He was telling me he didn't like Avengers, and I said, "Why?" He said, "Groot died in it," and I just heard his mom in the background saying, "Wait, Groot died in that movie? I don't want to see that." Wow. Like his mom, she's she likes Groot. She loves Groot. Who doesn't love Groot? We are Groot. There's, it just, it got me thinking about two things. Like, you can still be a nerd and talk about Marvel and DC movies and Mm -hmm. still turn people off to talking to you. Right. And I guess I want to talk about, like, how to handle, how to handle that properly. Yeah. You know what's really interesting right now is, do you remember, like, when Goblet of Fire came out and we were like, whoa, characters can die? Like, you know, like, you know when you realize, like, holy shit, my, the characters that I like in things could are are mortal, you know? Like yeah, can you introduce death die. as a stake. Right. I think that's what maybe people are going through right now with Infinity War, you know? Yeah. Uh there was a few it was a few months ago. I was at like a, a Jew thing. Mm-hmm. It was like a it was like a Shabbat. We love a good Jew and, thing. Yeah. And uh so it was like a it was like this brunch and this guy was over. It's like a, a friend of the people I go to the Shabbat with. The, my godmother, her sons, not nerdy people at all. They're, they like the Marvel movies for what they are, but they're not like, ah! Same thing goes with anime. So this guy brings, so the guy who's like a, fr- a family friend of theirs, he brings up anime. And I realized he doesn't know how to talk about nerdy things with normal people. Uh... Because, like, he brings up the show One Punch Man. So I take over the conversation trying to convince these not nerdy people why they should like one punch man i'm like oh it's like really funny it's like an action show but it's super self-aware of itself and then he just kept keeps adding like and also nobody knows who one punch man is in the show not an important detail that you need to sell people on the show it's probably the least important detail of the entire show nerds are so we're so not used to people caring about the things we like that we tend to overreact when it comes into conversation. If you were to sell someone on why they should watch The Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. you would say, oh, it's sort of like a, a, a an action spy movie, but Captain America's in it. That's how you and I would say it. But, right. a, but a nerd who's still adapting, you're like, and then his best friend is the, and his best friend, The Winter Soldier, comes in, and he's, and he, but he died in World War II because Arden Zola, just, and then yeah. Arden Zola's in it, and, and Ar- give, you know giving, a lot about Arden Zola. It's giving unnecessary information, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, when you when you watch I don't know like any anything that has like extra lore to it you know it's like like we're talking about Blade Runner with somebody you know like we we were like oh it's a beautiful like cinematic masterpiece you know and it's 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 noir future awesome action movie with great dialogue and very pretty shots you know but somebody would be somebody else would be like oh and it's about he's he's a he's a replicant and the replicants are were invented by blah, blah, blah. like you know it's it's, it's going an exploration into... of it's an exploration of human consciousness yeah. and you never know the whole time and it's uh, yeah. there's been five different edits of it but yeah. you can only watch this edit of it it's bringing the things that that you only care about because you are a nerd 
into the things that people actually care about. Like you can say those things to people after they've seen Blade Runner. Right. But I think the problem that like most nerds have, I as someone who like was super nerdy as a child and has had to learn to tone it down because I was like that. Yeah. I think we all were. I learned to tone it down to communicate with normal people who are starting to care about it. It's something that most of us need to do because, like, you, you're you never going to convince someone to watch One Punch Man by interrupting the elevator pitch with the details of, and nobody knows who he is because mm-hmm. that's not an important detail. Mm-hmm. What's important is that is all, it's like a superhero show, but it's sort of like Deadpool where it's self-aware of itself and mocks the genre. Right. That's the pitch of One Punch Man. Exactly. Because anime itself is a reach for most people. So introduce it as a way that ignores the fact that it's anime and like and that's a good but and, and even that like that's a good piece of fandom you're in the your heart's in the right place but your execution is misguided right the the step beneath that where it gets darker is where you have toxic fandom and like purists people who have to make you qualify your love of something mm-hmm or they can only qualify their love of something by attacking those who don't love it. Right. Like, like you think that Blade Runner 2049 and Logan are, like, the worst movies ever made. And, like, they're, they're just garbage films that no one should watch. Mm-hmm. And I love them. But, like, I don't, I don't get mad at you for thinking that Logan and Blade Runner 2049 are awful movies. I'm like, okay, we, we, you know, I love them. They're my favorite movies of last year. You didn't like them as much, but that's fine. We can, come, we can talk about why you hate them and I love them. Exactly. But it's a... It's a sense of respect. Disagreeing on opinions is not something that is... You do not need anger or force to to resolve that. And what I just said, saying that Michael thinks Logan and Blade Runner 2049 are the worst movies ever made, that was me being facetious. Right. That was a... Yeah. Michael liked those movies. He just did not love them as much as I did. Exactly. But what toxic fans will do is... If you give a 7 out of 10 review, and for me a 7 out of 10, that's a great review. It's a good, that means it's a good one. Really, This is a really good movie. You'll really enjoy it. You should definitely go see it without reservations. And then I give my criticisms of it. The toxic fans will say, will take those criticisms of it. The things you put in the three points the movie didn't get. And they'll twist it to say, you must have hated this movie. Because you dare say that the third act of Wonder Woman wasn't great yeah. you must hate women i guess whoa right. whoa it's like, no what? i just disagree with the with the one part that you disagree with of the movie <laughs> and it's insane that what even two people who like a movie but mm. to varying degrees that can devolve into toxicity yeah disagreement's even worse marvel and dc ugh it's that's such a it's like the it's like the iphone android debate you know mm-hmm you can certainly, well, not so, because DC movies are are worse than Marvel movies right now. Right now, right now they are. It's their year. Yes, we'll see. But it's like it's like DC versus Marvel when DC movies were just like the older movies and the Dark Knight trilogy versus the new Marvel movie. They were all comparable. You could certainly prefer one to the other. They both had their downsides and their upsides. Mm-hmm. You could acknowledge both, and it's fine if you prefer one over the other. But you know. But even that would be like, ah, oh, Batman's the greatest, uh, the Dark Knight is the greatest movie ever. Let's go downvote The Godfather so The Dark Knight is the number one movie on IMDb. Right, yeah. Ugh. Stay, stay in the lane, you know? Stay, stay in the lane. But the, the, I, but I remembered, I remembered what the worst form of toxic fandom is. 
book purists, the people who say, oh, man, well, Game of Thrones, book. Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones book purists, to be specific. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot how bad of a fan Game of Thrones book purists are. Patrick is starting to read the books. The books are not good, in my opinion. Mm. I don't think the books are good. I compare Game of Thrones to, like, myth. Mm. Like, I can tell you the story of how Loki attacked Balder and the other and the and the other dwarf and how that whole thing went about and how they eventually forged Mjolnir as a result of that. I can tell you that story. Right. Neil Gaiman can tell you that story mm-hmm. and God of War can tell you that story. Right. And you can have completely different takes of it. I could not tell that story nearly as well as God of War. God of War could not tell that story nearly as well as Neil Gaiman, but it's all the, fundamentally the same story. Right. George R. R. Martin came up with this incredible myth, the story of Westeros. And uh, I love, like, how it skirts almost every fantasy trope instead of following them. Like, any other fantasy author would have followed up season one of Game of Thrones by making Rob Stark the hero. And he it's his story the rest of the show. But no, Rob Stark dies in season two. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's stuff like that. It's a really good story, and that's why I love the TV show. And I think that's why the TV show is so successful, sure. because George R. R. Martin's core story is so great. But I think the problem is that the books are not great. Right. And they're, they're not bad books. They're just not the best books I've ever read. Exactly. So I was in a Discord thing, and this guy said a book that I liked, The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, which I think everyone should read. It's great. He said it's a bad book. And I said, I disagree, but I'd love to know why. He gives us reasons. We have a back and forth. It's fine. We never change each other's opinion, but, like, I see his point. Then he says his favorite books are A Song of Ice and Fire, and I'm like, I know people like those books. They did not work for me. His brain breaks. Oh, no. In the chat. He utterly refuses to believe I read the first two Song of Ice and Fire books. Wow. And he's like, no, I refuse. Hi, no one could ever read those books and not like them. They're the best books ever written. Wow. George R. R. Martin is God. I refuse. And he like tries to – he's like, okay, if, then if you read the Song of Ice and Fire books and tell me this, sir, what perspective are the books written from? And I, and I tell him what perspective the books are written from. Right. It was so crazy. I was like, if someone doesn't like a thing I like, it hurts me a little bit because like, oh, I'm sad you didn't enjoy it as much as I did. Right. But it's fine. I love these The Name of the Wind books. I don't give a shit if someone doesn't like them. I, it's, I'm sad it didn't work for him. But for him, just hearing that someone doesn't like A Song of Ice and Fire and also actually read A Song of Ice and Fire, incomprehensible. Just That's the kind of... Breaks his brain. Yeah. And like all opinions are subjective. But like in my... If you, if you I- interact like that to an opposing thought and you feel the need to have to beat it your opinion everyone i don't think you're a good fan no like i think you are i think you are bad for fandom Mm. i think you are bad for the thing you claim to love so much because if you introduce someone to game of thrones by saying oh the show is garbage only the books are great and then they take your advice on that and they read the books and they're also not super hot in the books. And then you react so violently to it, like, how dare, how could you not see the brilliant vision of George R.R. Martin? It is incomprehensible. You must be a, a fool. You're not going to win any fans like that. Nope. Closet fan. The people who give too much information pitching a thing, that's problematic. But it's not like they're showing their love. Like all of that comes from a place of love. Right. 
your opinion when your opinion is so when you're so weak, you're so weak minded and your opinions are all that you are that you feel the need to constantly fight for them. Right. It's bad, man. Mm-hmm. Do you ever run into stuff like that? Like like with music and stuff oh, like that. Definitely. Like people who... Yeah, people are very very specific with their opinions. I mean, just in the music reviews in general. Like I mean, mm-hmm. Anthony Fantano, he's a you know, very, very popular popular music reviewer on YouTube. And he um he gets backlash all the time from people and is like these are just my opinions. Like, these are really just like, but also he sort of has fun with it too. I really like the way that he handles it because he'll post things on his Twitter where he's like, I control what you think. Like, you know, where it's like, cause there are some people who are, you know, it, it's, it's all, it all comes from being weak minded, you know, who yeah. see him as having this authority over opinions, I guess. And like, they follow his every word, you know? It goes back to Dunkey's thing about video game critics. And, like, I don't agree with everything in that video, but the best point he makes is that mm-hmm. he basically advocates for critic blogs over critic sites. Yeah. Critic blogs where it's one person versus critic sites where it's 20 people, but they're all the IGN review. Yeah. And it's confusing because IGN is made up of people, and people have different opinions. Right. And there's definitely multiple critics at IGN who like a game and don't like a game, IGN's editor-in-chief decides which of their opinions is the IGN opinion. And it's confusing, and there's no tone. Yeah. Like, I don't know what IGN likes. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was watching a review with, um, with a friend the other day. It was about an album. It was, it was an uh, Anthony Fantano review, and it was the new, um, the new Weekend album. He, you know, he said he had a lot of very good points in, in his review. I think he sort of ignored a lot of the um the outside uh influencing forces of that album and you know the history behind where the emotion in that album was coming from but that was it you know i i just disagreed like he he placed value on something in the album that i where like he placed value in one area and i placed it in another you know and yeah. i was watching it with the, with my friend and the, my friend was like outraged He's like so upset. He was he was like, "Oh, I, I, fuck him." They were like, he was like, "Fuck, oh, fuck you, Anthony Fantano." And I was like, "No, I was like, there's no need for all that. Like, you you just have a different opinion. Like, yeah, like when when you pick a critic, you should a critic's opinion should never surprise you. No, surprise you. No, or it and if it does surprise you, it should it should surprise you rarely. Right. Like if if I in listening to this show and listening to what Michael and I think about movies. You should, whenever we say whether we like a movie or not, and you've seen that same movie, our opinion shouldn't shock you. Right. It should be consistent. Sometimes a movie will come around that hits us completely differently than we thought it would, and so our opinion would shock you. Cough, cough, Infinity War in the Marvel bracket. Go listen. Yeah. Yeah, that whole thing. Ugh, disgraceful. <laughs> Anthony Fantana. I don't listen to him, but because I don't care about music critics. <laughs> but when you, you don't care about me, Samuel. <laughs> I don't think any of his reviews, you can disagree with them. That's fine. Like, Red Letter Media, I disagree with them on most of their reviews. Yeah. I just but... I disagree with Anthony Fantano quite a lot. And I feel like people, yeah. like, I feel like t- me telling people that I listen, that I watch him a lot makes people think that I agree with him a lot. And I'm like, I, I don't. Like, I really don't. I like Red Letter Media just because, like, I like the way they look at things. Right. And they'll they'll see things that 
I don't. I didn't see when I watched the movie. Yeah. That's and what like, you okay, should I look understand. for in critics is different perspective. I understand how you how you didn't like that. That's I totally makes sense to me. And yeah, like 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 someone like John Campia, who I watch a lot. I really value his opinion on like the industry. Like he's where I get most of my information about how the actual industry works. As a critic, though, I tend to think he's a little overzealous about things. I think he lets some things pass in movies that he shouldn't, and he doesn't let some things pass that he probably should. Like, he's the guy who gave Batman versus Superman every single pass when he reviewed it, but he just gets so hung up on Spider-Man's suit having too much technology in it. He certainly likes Spider-Man Homecoming more than Batman versus Superman, but... He made a bigger deal about some things in Spider-Man Homecoming than I believe he should have made a bigger deal about with Batman vs. Superman. But that's fine, because to him, critical flaws in BVS were not critical flaws to him. Right. It's, it's, all, it's all about where you place your value in, in, yeah. you know, in the way that you perceive art, you know? Like, when we talked about Solo earlier, like the first reactions... His was the most positive one. He was the one who cho- who chose to see Solo as just a really fun action movie. That's fine for you, mm. but and I might also see and be like, okay, this is a fun action movie, but it's it's gone and I don't care about it. That's fine for an experience. Like that's not something I will regret watching. Right for Star Wars for the health of this franchise and for this movie not to lose a shit ton of money. It can't be just a fun action movie. Solo needed to be great, and I don't think it is. Yeah. See, came full circle. It did. Look at look at that. Look at that. How how nice. Yeah. I like open format. Open format feels good, man. Yeah. It feels, we can totally do. We could definitely do that. I mean, this is so great. So great. It's so it's so good. We're geniuses, just, man. We're podcast we're freaking so, masters. We're man. so smart, dude. Rick and Morty, seventy episodes. Seventy more episodes. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> a lot of episodes. That was so like seven seasons, I guess. Yeah, if they do tennis. Yeah, I think they're most comfortable doing tennis season. So right. probably yeah. we'll see. <laughs> I'm just I'm really happy for Dan Harmon that he finally got a very long season series commitment. Yeah, me too. In his career. Yeah, that's because <laughs> community was him. just leading him along. A little stream, like, no, Dan, you're fired. Okay, you okay, can come back. Yeah, okay. Uh, we, we miss you, too. <laughs> I watched uh, Justin Roiland's House of Cosby's. No. Oh, my gosh. It's one of his earlier animation shows. Wow. Incredible. Yeah? It's, it's like, it's very obscure. There's some stuff in it that is that they paid homage to in Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Like, he turns on the TV, and it's random improvised little segments. And then I don't know if you remember, but in the Planet Music episode, there's, like, the little frog creatures who refuse to uh, play. They're in House of Cosby's very briefly. He made it before the show, before all the stuff about Cosby came out, but... And it's not about, like, Bill Cosby. Like, the whole premise of the show is that he's a guy who's a Cosby fan, so he decided to clone himself some Bill Cosby's... To hear Cosby material, he just wants all the he just time. wants more Cosby, man. But each clone is a different quirk. So like, mm. there's like, I'm bathtub Cosby. I'm but Cosby's <laughs> always in the bathtub. And there's one, I'm sitting on the couch giving advice, Cosby. You can come and talk to me anytime. That's hilarious. I'm curious, Cosby. I'm always getting into trouble. Wow, 
That's fantastic. Go, it's all on YouTube. It's like four episodes, 24 minutes long. It's, it's, it's a nice little morsel. Yeah, nice stuff. Did you yeah. did you see? Um, gotta go to Bendigo, Morty. <laughs> that was crazy. Now, what do we do now that we're in Bendigo, Rick? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Why are you're we gonna in die, Morty? You're gonna, you're gonna die. You're gonna die. You've gotta go see Uncle Greg, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> it was, was your dad was all good. the time. It was your dad, Morty. <laughs> you licked your dad's balls, Morty. <laughs> you know it's canon. <laughs> it's apparently canon. Well, it, anything can be canon. Great about it. So, so Kanye West is apparently a Rick and Morty fan. Yeah. So I, think it... I, I made a tweet. It was a. Uh, it was. It was on the new. Uh, the new uh, music blog Twitter that I have. Uh, everyone go follow at at UMP blog. Um, and I said uh, I retweeted Kanye's retweet about the seventy more episodes. He was like, "Love this show. Seen every episode at least five times. Like all this stuff." And I was like. Apparently, Kanye West's IQ is high enough to understand the complexities of the comedy and um, theme of Rick and Morty. <laughs> I saw that. It's like, yeah, but of course he's a, of course he's a Rick and Morty fan. Yeah. Who isn't? Only a dummy isn't a Rick he's and Morty a fan. He's a free thinker, Samuel. Of course free he thought. watches Rick and Morty. Okay, we need to, we need to wrap up because we have to do up. your show. Yeah. Or we're about to record Michael's new podcast. Talk, talk about it, Mikey. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a music music podcast, music news, music review, music um politics music culture all that stuff all er, everything that i think is important to music we're going to talk about and it's it is uh is it necessary no because it's my opinion and opinions aren't necessary but people like them anyways so it's it's titled the unnecessary music podcast uh it's hosted by yours truly uh it's going to be launching on anchor whenever yep. soon enough yes soon enough. i'm gonna i'm gonna put on put up a couple of like pilot uh little snippets uh just because i'm still waiting on some artwork right now uh mm. but uh you'll you'll be hearing some some tidbits and some reviews soon yeah. uh one of them is going to be uh this review that i'm doing with samuel next where we're going to talk about the jack white album mm. uh yeah so uh it'll be interesting because i think we have different opinions on it so yeah, always fun. We'll see. Yeah, but uh, and this podcast is also on Anchor. Anchor is a so is a it's the first platform that I've seen actually make podcasts social mm-hmm. in a good way. If you you're listening to this on whatever, but if you go onto Anchor A N C H O R, you could download that app, follow Culture Vacuum on Anchor, and then leave us uh, a call in. If we get enough of them and they're good, then I'll put some of them in the show. Same thing goes for Michael's podcast if yep. he wants to use those. But I really like Anchor, so if you want to interact with the show directly, giving us a call-in on Anchor is a great way to do that and let us know what you think. Yeah. Uh, for now, that's that's it for the show. And also patreon.com slash culturevacuum. Yeah. But let, let us know what you think of the of the new open format, you know? Yes, yeah. and uh, But the Patreon's going to get renamed soon also because Michael and I are doing a thing. Uh-huh gonna be it's a cool thing it's a cool thing that's it for this big news big plans coming up yo yeah after the summer because uh we're bumping up against the time where i will not be available exactly we'll just big things launch at the end of the summer yeah we'll see great we'll see we'll see you guys next week adios bye